Rabbi, I'm going to tell the Olam Maisa before we start. Two Maisas actually, two Maisas before we begin. Very important Maisa. Maisa number one, I was walking up the staircase in, in my old building actually, on a Shabbos morning after davening one time, and I'm walking with a guy and we're schmoozing a bissel. I don't get to see the neighbors too often, but this is one of the times you see the neighbors in the staircase, you know, as you're walking up. And he says to me, it was just after, this was years back, it was just after I came out with the kashras in the kitchen, and he knew that I came out with a book on kashras, whatever, so he says to me, I don't have any shilas in the kitchen. I don't remember Kashra Shilas. I said, really? Wow. What is it? They have like a separate kitchen for Mulchiks, a separate for Fleischiks, one for Pesach, and one for the neighbors. Like, how does it work? How do you not have any Shilas of kitchen Shilas? A bus of a cholab, you have a day, a tvilas kenim, a golos kenim, epos, something. It's not Shayach that you don't have these Shilas. He says to me, any Shilas that we have, we throw in the garbage. That's it. The food, the pot, the pan, the cutlery, the spoon, the knife. It's all gone in the garbage. I don't want to have any of these Shilas. I don't understand. I don't know who to ask. I don't know what to do. So I said, I don't understand. Most of the shilas that you can have in your kitchen, most, not all, are a shilas of a durabonon. Now, I'm not saying a durabonon is not chosha, a durabonon is woof, but it's a durabonon. Baltashkis is a shilas of a daraisa. Can't just throw things out, that's number one. Number two, you're looking like a real amoritz in front of your wife, that you don't even want to ask your shilas, never mind, know the shilas, and you're supposed to be in koilal as well, but that's a different shmooze, not for now, right? Okay, I'll upon him, that's shilas number one, that was case number one. Case number two, an email came in from a lady in Hernov, um, an elderly lady said she has not tasted chicken or meat for 30 years. 30 years, no chicken or meat. I said, what's pshat? Like, a vegetarian? Like, are you allergic? What, what, you know, maybe you just don't like it. Like, what happened? So she said, very simple. No, very simple. Um, 30 years ago, we asked the Shailah about a chicken for whatever it was. I don't know exactly what the Shailah was. That's irrelevant. And the rabbi told us, chuck it in the garbage. Since then, I said, that's it. I'm not buying chicken. I'm not buying meat. I'm not getting into these Shailahs. I'm not getting involved. It's unbelievable. It's possibly unbelievable. Muskin, right? What do you, just because you don't know, you don't end up doing things that you're supposed to do. Shimon saying it's halacha, right? Shalom, yeah. Boss of a dogim, Shabbos, Yomtuf, like Boima, Akaponim. Oh, why are we doing this now? What are we talking about this now? Be'ez Hashem, the Yomtuf of Shur's Haba, Lenu Latoiva, is coming in two weeks, just over two weeks, Be'ez Hashem. And one of the Shailas that I always like to do a little bit of a refresher course, every year before Shavuos, is the halachas of Yeridea. Shailas have been in the kitchen. Number one, these are important Shailas. I remember once I was by Reb Chaim Zatzal, and I asked them many Shailas, as I did, I asked them many Shailas, I was at the back of the Sefer, Kashas in the kitchen, to have Shailas, you looked them up. You have Shailas from Reb Chaim the letters that I wrote him, and the answers that he wrote to me back. It was amazing, by the way. Great feeling when you open up the mail, and you get a letter from Reb Chaim it's Mamish Mayodik. Mamish amazing. I still have all the, all the chuvas, all the answers that he gave me. Still have him all the letters and the stamp. Beautiful. Anyway, Akaponim, what's that? He writes like, exactly. I got sometimes a whole sentence. One time I asked him a Shaila, and his answer, this was the best answer he ever gave me. When you and B'nai Brak come into me. I mean, that's like an instant pass to get in. You give, you only go to Yankee at the door and you say, look, I have a letter from the rabbi, I can just go straight in. Baruch Hashem. Anyway, so I asked him, I asked him, can he ask, is that sal? I said, um, you know, people are always scared of Boss of Acholov. And I teach in yeshivas and different yeshivas at the time, running from place to place. Is Boss of Acholov something I should be teaching? He said, 100%. Absolutely, you should be teaching it. Bachoim need to know this. Right now, we generally spend a lot of our time learning Hilchas Shabbos, and we do, and we should. But you guys are learning Hilchas Shabbos in the morning also. So I think we could take a few days and learn some of the Yisoidas, the real Shilas of Boss of Acholov. Maybe if we have time, we'll go into some other Kashra Shilas as well. Maybe we'll talk about different things as well if we have time. We'll see. 
interested, let me know. We'll continue in different inyonim of kashras. But I think it's important just to get the asodas, the foundations of Bosa of an idea, especially Shavuos. Shavuos is a time where people sometimes have milcha gesudas, milcha kiddish. They have to split the sudu in two different things. What do you do with the hot plate? It's normally used for fleishik. Now they're going to use for milchik. What do you do with the oven? You're making cheesecake. It's normally a fleishik oven. I want to make cheesecake in it. Chalas. All the shailas that could come in, which I think are important for us to really understand what are some of the ideas. We're not going to go through all of the halachot, because it's impossible to go through everything, but as much as we possibly can, as Hashem are going to try. There's a maisa brought down in the Egeres Hayavitz. The Egeres Hayavitz brings down the following maisa. There were two yidn on a, on, a, on a boat, and they were traveling for business, and for whatever reason they had to stop at a certain place, a place that there was no yidn, there was no, uh, it, was, it was terrible. And they had no choice, but they did not want to, due to the situation of the Spanish Inquisition at the time, they didn't want to reveal their Jewish identity. So they went, they decided to split up. Ruven's going to go to that house, Shimon's going to go to that house, and, you know, two, three days, the boat's going to continue sailing to their final destination. They'll meet in the boat, they'll meet by the port in three days' time. So they go to their, you know, each one goes to their house, Ruven over there, Shimon over there. They go to the house, they spend three days. Again, they cannot say that they're Jewish. It's a very dangerous time for Jews to be revealed and to be, up, you know, publicly, uh, you know, practicing their religion. So they couldn't mention that they're Jewish. So each one goes to their home. They come, they meet in the port three days later where the boat is about to sail to their final destination for their business, whatever they're doing. And they meet in the boat and they discuss their, you know, they discuss the last three days. How did it go? What happened? What your experiences were? Obviously, they tried not to eat anything that, you know, they knew would be problematic because they were makpit or they tried to be... So Ruven says, listen, Shemin, you'll never guess. It's amazing. About 10 minutes after I get to my host's house, you know, I knocked on a random guy's house, whatever. I got to my house. He says to me, I want to tell you something. I know that you're Jewish. I, I got I got a shock. Like, what is he going to do? He's going to report me to the KG. Like, what's going to happen? And then he said, don't worry. I'm also Jewish. I'm also a secret practicing Jew. Everything you're eating in this home is going to be kosher. You have nothing to worry about. You see, you cannot imagine, Shemin, he said to him, cannot imagine my, my happiness, my simcha, that I'm able to eat kosher. This is beautiful. Shimon says to Ruben, that's amazing. I did, I had, I had the opposite experience. And Mamish had the opposite experience. It didn't make any sense. I went there, the guy tried to serve me chaze, tried to serve me, I tried whatever I could do. It was so hard, I have no idea what he put into the other food, maybe he put in some, you know, oil and zachen from trade for zachen. I, I had no choice, it was terrible. He was so upset. How is it that his friend Ruben was so, like, he was so lucky. Everything's Hashkacha protest, but how is it that he ended up in a kosher home, Jewish home, and I ended up in some guy, Shimon said. So Shimon, when he came back from the business trip, went to visit his rabbi, and he said, Rabbi, why is it that Ruvain managed and I didn't manage? What's the pshat? So the rabbi told him a very important yisait, and that is, and we find this many, many times in Chazal, that when a person tries to do something, the rabbi Shalom gives him the siyat of the Shema to be able to do that. Ruvain was a yid that was so makbed on kashras, that wherever he went, whatever he did, he was always making sure that the haksha was good, and this was good, and they knew the halachas, and this, that, and the other. Mimela, when he got to a place that he didn't, ha- was not in his control, the Rebuncha made sure that he got a kosher place. Shemel, on the other hand, eh, a little bit more mako, Hebrew letters, there's a guy with a beard eating over there, it must be okay. And he was mako, and he used to eat in different places that were, you know, not so good. So Mimela, when a situation came, but you're on this control, the Rebuncha said, well, you don't care, so well, why should I? The Maisa, a person has to realize, when a person eats in the wrong way, and he eats things that are not kosher, or things that are not, you know, 100%, or he doesn't know that Allah is a basa of and things can happen, 
there's a shaila of timtum halev. Timtum halev means that it's actually putting a spiritual layer upon your heart. And a person's heart could be blocked, literally, layer upon layer upon layer, that's covering the heart so much so, that when he comes to davening, and he comes to learning, he complains, his Rebbe, I can't learn, I don't enjoy it. This Toysus doesn't speak to me. I don't enjoy learning. I don't enjoy davening. I get nothing from it. It's boring. What's the point? You know what the pshat is? The pshat is about his neshama wants it, his heart wants it. But it's covered with layers and layers and layers of timtumalev from all the things that he's eaten. And when a person eats in the wrong way and he's not careful what he eats, who knows what's going to happen? Toysus and Baba Kama famously says, before a person davens, that Torah goes in, he should daven at the right food. And everything that goes over there goes in as well. There's a murder kachuvah of the Heidegger Samsoifa. The Samsoifa says a murder kachuvah. So the Heidegger Samsoifa. Somebody came to the Chassam Soifa with a Shaila. What was the Shaila? That child, Rahman Aleichem, was very, very sick. In a, in a very, very bad way, not so much physically, more mentally. And there was a certain institution which could take this child and hopefully deal with the child to live a very normal, functional life. And the Heilige Chassam Soifa was asked the Shaila. Are they allowed to take the child to this institution when they serve trade there and there's nothing you can do about it? Meaning you have to put the child there, there's no way of giving the child food, he's going to eat trade. But Lamaisa, at the end of the day, he's not going to live a normal life if we don't put him in the institution, so what do I do? So some Lamaisa, it's muta. Lamaisa, you can put the child in the institution, it's fine. But just know that it won't make a difference. You know why? Because the timtum halay that he's going to have from the things that he eats is going to, so to speak, counteract all of the good that they do in that institution. And that's how careful a person has to be to make sure what goes into his mouth. There's so many stories of tzaddikim. I remember a story from the Chadush Harim when the Chadush Harim was one time going to take a piece, of, going to take a, a, a little, little ladle, a spoon of soup, and he put it down. Then he tried again. Put it down. Tried a third time. No, not happening. The gaboyim, like whatever, everything okay. You normally eat the soup. You eat the soup. What's pshat? Something going on. You want to check in the kitchen? They went, Kaboy went to the kitchen, they made a whole hakeem, the Jewish, the Gansazah, they found out there was a problem, and Bama said, someone had done something to the suit that wasn't right, it wasn't kosher. But the Rebbe Chapter, how did the Rebbe Chapter, why? He said, Novi, wow! No, no, Novi! He said, simple, I'm so mukbid, what goes into my mouth is kosher and right, that the Rebbe Hashem is not gonna cause me to stumble. And that's why a person has to be ultra, ultra careful. When you eat things, we all eat things, we go out to eat sometimes, we buy food, to make sure that what we eat and what goes on in our kitchens, Be'ez HaShem, when you guys get married and you set up your kitchen, to make sure it's done in the right way. And we'll end with one last hakdoma. Why we're doing this specifically now, even though it's a great opportunity to do it, but also before Shavuos. There's also a modigah chasam soif in parashah ve'ira. The chasam soif says a gavaldi gazach. The chasam soif says that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai to makabal the Torah, to bring down the Torah for Klal Yisrael. Right? Har Sinai, Kabbalah said, Torah, Shavu, it's modigah. So what happened? The malachim said, no, I'm not giving it to you. Come on, Shabbos goes by Rikas. Medrash talks about it also. The, the malachim said, I'm not giving this Torah to, to this human being over here. They did the Egel Asav. They're not right to have the Torah. No, they didn't keep the Torah. They did have a Torah. Egel Azov. Why should we give them the Torah? The Torah says it's a good Taina. Moshe, what do you have to say for that? Moshe Rabbeinu answers back, hold on a minute. You malochim, I have a Taina on you. What happened? You guys came down to visit Avram Avinu. 
Right? Beautiful mitzvah. Wow. It's a very important chasna, Rebbe, that I have to go to. It's a mitzvah chasna in the middle of Tel Aviv. Mamish, they're waiting for me. Without me going to this chasna, you have no idea what's going to happen. It's such a mitzvah important to go. I have to go. You ever heard these excuses? You ever heard this? It's a mitzvah for me to go to such a thing. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a mitzvah for me to go, right? So the malachim come down. And they say, beautiful. Uh, excuse me. The Torah says very clearly what you guys ate when you went to visit Avramovinu. Okay? You guys ate Basabukhalov. Okay? We're going to the details of Mitoshem when we discussed Xavier's Rabon and exactly what they eat in which order. We'll talk about that. But upon you guys ate Basabukhalov, right? The Gemara Bamatsia says that Avramovinu had to shaft what? Three cows in order to get three tongues because they wanted a tongue with mustard. So you state. They wanted to have three tongues of mustard. Steak wasn't good enough. T-bone sp- surprise steak wasn't good enough. They needed to have tongue. And each one a whole tongue with mustard. Okay? But then the Torah says they had butter. Well, as far as I know, that's a little bit of a problem. So Avram Ovinu, right? That's what happened over there. Zuk Moshe Rabbeinu, you guys, you Malachim, you didn't keep the Torah when you came down over here. Right? I am the Kirisak of the stipler goes to Barich is exactly how this works. We're not going to go to the Mamakimus. But the point is, so the Heiligich some cipher that the whole Kabbalah Satoru, because the Rabbi Yishalem was masking. Rabbi Yishalem says, you know what, Moshe Rabbeinu, he's right. You Malachim also broke the Torah. Give the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Heiligich some cipher the ganze Kabbalah Satoru that we celebrate and that we enjoy every day of our lives and specifically on Shavuos is because of what? Because of So what better time is there to learn and be machazik and do chazora and basavachalav at a time where we, according to some cipher, we got the Torah because of the halachas of Basav HaKhalaf. So that is what's going on over here. Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to go through a little bit of a Hagdoma, to, a little bit of a Chazorah to understand. There is a Benish Chai, one second, there is a Benish Chai. I don't know exactly what he says, because I don't remember, it's been a few years. But the Benish Chai writes that there was a, uh, he brings a Maisa of a Yid that wanted to become a Muslim, and he tried very much to convert, and his friends tried to, to convince him otherwise. So the Benishchai brings the Maisa that they brought him to the local Chacham, and the Chacham said to him, what is, what's the egg in the, in the Chamin? What, is there a name for that? The egg in the Chamin. Is that what it is? The could be what it is. I think, you, I think, is that true? I, I think, Levi, Levi, wow. That's come out. What do you, what do you say it is? Chaminada. Chaminada. You're right, the Benishchai brings that down. The Benishchai said that the friends said to him, I mean the Chacham said to him, excuse me, what's going to be with Chaminadim? And he said, you're right. And he decided, that's it. I'm not becoming a Muslim. He remained a Yid. Zuk the Benishchai, the power of food. The power of food to realize what it could do to bring some of the stories of people. That years after the Holocaust, they went to a place and they smelled a good chulant. Ah, smells like a good heiliger chulant, right? And they hadn't smelled that smell for years before in their old parents' home. And suddenly all the memories came back and everything came back. And they said, that's it. We want to do this again. We want to live a life of that. All the memories start flooding back. Food Rabbi has a very, very big part in our lives. In Mitzvah Hashem, next year we'll be discussing. We've gone through the Hagdama to understand why we're doing this. But as Hashem, next year we're going to go through why is possible of Asa and how it works. Have a wonderful day.